0: committee i welcome you with open arms is that so how late do you stay open you don't understand i could have had class i could have been a contender i could have been somebody you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers i want
1: the truth you can't handle the truth i hope they are watching they'll see they'll see and they'll know and they'll say why she wouldn't even have a fly
2: What's up everybody? You're listening to No Co Cinema here on WGM Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I am Tom Hush and I'm Connor Cornelius. And it's so fun. It's so f***ing great to it's be so back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> in case you uh, missed the explicit tag on iTunes. Yeah. We're going to say some Which words. Which has been there here. for like 20 episodes now. Yeah, yeah, we'll say we'll say things like damn. We'll say hell. Shoot. Shoot. <laughs> uh Codswallop. Mhm. And Benjamin. Ben ooh. That's a little risque, don't you think? I know. I'm sorry, but uh, we gotta say these things. But mostly, we're going to say things about film uh, because we are Chicago's guide to to film and cinema and all the things that are happening here. Um, one of the big things I'm excited about, and uh, I think you're probably excited about as well, is the Chicago we'll the Chicago Critics Film Festival is coming up. Ah, uh, yes, I am and, excited about that. Uh, you all remember when we uh, previously had Eric Childress on the show. Uh, a fantastic critic, I get to work with him every week uh, on the Nick degilio show and he's still one of my favorite people to listen talk about movies and um, him and the rest of the Chicago critics uh, Film Association are putting on a great Uh, festival as they do have done for the last i want to say this is year six and it's at the music box every year yep and um they're they're really great last year uh i saw a ton of amazing films including the chicago premiere of eighth grade which had uh this uh the writer director bo burnham was there um they had a 35 millimeter screening of jurassic park which was Uh, it brought me to tears it really did because i was so excited i've loved that movie since i was a child and obviously it came out the year i was born so i didn't get to see it on the big screen um so it was a really spectacular chance for that and this year what i'm really excited for is they're going to be having a 35 millimeter screening anniversary screening i believe to the day to the day it was released 40 years of alien one of oh my the God. one of the greatest uh films of the 20th century I, that's just a in fact in
1: space nobody can hear you screen it in 35 millimeter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and and believe it or not, Tom Skerritt is going to be there. Really? Dallas. He's, oh yeah, he's Dallas in the film. Okay, um, so I saw something recently
1: that he actually got to do like a radio thing in uh uh what's the word in support of this because the they're, they're taking it around, right? They're taking the the thirty five millimeter print around.
2: Probably yeah. If they're if they're showing it here in Chicago, they're probably going to be trying to show it everywhere else, especially for the fortieth anniversary. Right. I think that that makes sense. So he got to do like a radio program as yeah. Yeah, in where, character
1: where and they kind of change the plot a little bit where he becomes the hero at the end he like becomes ridley kind of he survives <laughs> he survives instead of getting
2: absolutely punked in yeah, the, like in right the, away. In Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly so it was kind of and he was just like he did some cool interviews talking about how it was nice to kind of do a revision of it you know yeah. looking back
2: on it so if you're a film fan here in chicago you need need to go to the chicago critics film festival there's going to be a lot of great uh film showing and it goes on for quite a while so you got a million chances to see uh some really great films over at the music box but for right now uh we are so lucky to be introducing our our guest of the week connor would you like to would you like to do the honors so do we have a uh,
1: director and uh, writer zach lona and anthony gibson producer of the film tom drumroll please
2: he who lives in hidden lakes a mockumentary a mockumentary (laughs) i'm not sure if you got the the drum uh the drum beats on there on the mic but we'll uh, add it in in. we'll do a little post-production uh thank you so much for joining us zach and anthony say hello
0: Thank you guys for having us. Seriously, thank you. This is awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Uh, Zach, why don't you start us off? Sure. Uh, Well, first, let me say that I'm really glad we came out of the gate with, like, the fucking. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because, like, 50% of our conversation downstairs was like, can we swear? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Is it going to be okay to be ourselves? No, it is.
2: That's the beauty of the internet. Uh, The FCC can't find you here. Mm -hmm. Love it.
0: Well... Um, I'm here to swear. My name is Zach Lona. Uh, <laughs> I'm from the Southwest suburbs. And yeah, I am currently imbued in the production of this film. And uh, yeah, it's been a long process. Probably about like the past three years, I've been some form of conceptualizing it. And then uh, we've been in various forms of production and pre-production for like probably since the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing that uh,
2: comes up a lot when we're talking to uh, folks, whether they're in production or they've just wrapped production and and they're in release mode, I think people don't really get how long uh, an independent picture can take to actually make. You know, this isn't Hollywood. They don't have like a schedule where like, yeah, we can Be in like pre production for like, oh no, six months to a year. And then we shoot in three months, like two, three months, maybe even less, depending on what kind of picture they're making. And then it's, and then it's ready to go. Yeah. Anthony? What's up? My name is Anthony.
3: Uh, I'm originally from California, kind of moved up and down, north, south Mm -hmm. throughout my life. And then, um, just about two years ago now, um, my fiance my now fiance and I decided to just come to Chicago after school and just try our hand at the scene over here. We heard there was cool community, so we wanted to come see what that meant. So you grew
2: up in California. I did. And you did. came to Chicago to make movies. I did. Yeah. What do you think? It's no, no, turning right? out great, by the way. Yeah. Apparently. Well, I, <laughs> I think that's really, really cool because it is it is a difficult market out there in California. Everybody's got a script to sell. Everybody's got an idea.
3: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was interesting. Uh, I guess I never really spent the time trying to integrate myself in the community over there. I Mm -hmm. went to UC Irvine, which is like uh, in Orange County, just just below LA, about 45 minutes on a good day, Mm -hmm. traffic-wise. And I essentially came here maybe a year after that. So I didn't have a lot of time to spend to see what it would really be about. I was aware that the narrative was very much oh what are you gonna do you go to la after this and right. i was like i don't know when i'm in la i don't feel at home so i don't think so but but i felt weird doing that i felt weird saying that it felt like i was doing something wrong
2: very interesting so you you eschewed the the typical narrative of going to uc or going to going to school and then moving out to la uh even though i mean you weren't far you weren't no. far at all yeah um what did you what did you study at uc irvine yeah i did a journalism and film journalism and film Mm -hmm. was it was it two different majors or was it the same thing they were two different okay see i i as you can probably tell by the fact that i work at wgn i did broadcast (laughs) um i always thought about doing some film stuff on the side film studies i I never really had any pretensions of being a filmmaker but like someone who maybe film history or film you know uh criticism that sort of thing what was the program like at uc uh, it was a theoretical program, in film at mm-hmm. least. The journalism was cool because it was a
3: bunch of like superstar journalists from the 90s that just kept apologizing to us the whole time because they had expense accounts and they knew that we weren't going to. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: that for, that's, that's real, though. Yeah, yeah, it like, a no unique shit.
3: experience, for sure. Uh, and then the filmmaking program was really cool because they challenged us to think about things in like a theoretical way, but I there wasn't a ton of the production offered. Okay. But there was, they still had some great classes, and I think the community there really, really allowed us to kind of do things after hours and make our own projects. There was a film festival there on campus and mm-hmm. so everything always sort of led up to that every year and everyone was like s- scrapping to, to make their projects.
2: So, so. You, you were learning from a theoretical perspective how yeah. film works. You yeah. Know, like r- the the quote unquote rules of film and how you know the sausage not not like the hands on how the sausage gets made but like hey this is how shots should be framed and this is like you know what a good film does narratively. Is that is that more what we're talking about? Yeah and also I think uh The best way I can describe the program is, like,
3: imagine an anthropology course, but through the lens of, like, for the past hundred years through film and media. So, it's a way of getting to, like, understand, I guess, the culture through
1: film it's
3: a
2: yeah Yeah. you
1: weren't just watching like new hollywood stuff you were watching like everything yeah
2: you're going back to the earliest days yeah so
1: i'm curious once you finish that i mean it sounds like a pretty comprehensive education what was it like what was the culture like once you had graduated i'm just i'm just curious because it's interesting to hear that you grew up like around not huntington beach i guess right but it's not too far not too far (laughs) from there (laughs) right yeah we got buddies anyway oh right um (laughs) Um, cause it does definitely seem like even a lot of the people that we meet here, like some people have moved out to LA, you know, and it does seem like that is the, that's sort of the step that you are supposed to make. So I'm curious, like just what was the culture like when you graduated and you were just like, okay, now I do this. Yeah. I <laughs> internally, the culture inside of my body, which yeah. was
3: just me dealing with my own like self after graduating and just right. trying to establish that, like the things that I cared about, And had the freedom to care about when i was in college coming out of i could still care about and had the freedom to care about when no one was interested in educating me anymore Mm -hmm. um so i just kind of spent the first year really honestly just raising money and just trying to get a little nest egg to come out here it wasn't really until the february after i graduated that like we both knew that we wanted my fiance and i that we wanted Mm -hmm. to come out here um And so I kind of just spent time writing and like working at a restaurant and just focusing on that aspect and what I had control over. And I live far enough away from L.A. that I wasn't going to be commuting all the time to and from. I mean, there are some people that do that. And I did a little bit of that during college. But when I was doing that, I also ended up getting mono. For some reason,
2: oh no! And I don't oh, know if yeah, that was
3: well, from a lack of sleep or yeah. just like LA drank just, the, drank
2: the wrong right. Kool Aid at the yeah. wrong time. So. It was the that was the sign. Well, now you're here in Chicago, yeah. uh, Making making films. So uh,
0: Zach, I mean, really quickly,
2: just Zach. Uh, did you go to film school or
0: no? Actually, I I went uh, my first two years to Columbia uh, over here, and okay. then uh, I studied graphic design there, and then I transferred to SAIC uh, because I wanted more freedom in the curriculum. Yeah, um, so nice. I, I I didn't really at any point study filmmaking my trajectory was sort of uh graphic design to like fine art painting to uh writing like prose and poetry and stuff and then from there i got into screenwriting with uh john patrakis at uh saic and i wrote a couple feature scripts and then my younger brother lucas who's uh starring in the film um he's graduating from columbia on tomorrow tomorrow um, <laughs> oh, my so, God. <laughs> and he, he's, he's in the film program, so uh, it just felt like kind of a natural extension, but I never actually got to study the formalities of film because like, by the time I was ready to do that, as graduating time is up in yeah. a sense.
1: It's a really interesting background honestly cuz I do feel like there are definitely in constructing a piece of graphic like art, you know, there is probably a decent amount of similarities between doing something like that and then translating it into film.
0: Yeah, honestly for me it's not about really the medium at all like the, it, I get like ideas and that's like my north star, you know, sometimes it'll be an idea for a painting or like a poem and it just so happens that I, a lot of my ideas are like films so that's very cool well and and film is such a multidisciplinary sort of thing i mean
2: you you hear of directors who are um very visually focused and you know we're talking about people like i'm pretty sure steven spielberg literally uh he storyboards everything and he draws it himself and they're pretty good drawings like you know it's um you you hear of some directors who just think in those terms and then you have other directors or uh you know or people that think in terms more of just broad story and they have other people who help with the visualization like they see something in their head they want to tell the story they just don't know like picture wise what they want it to look like until they're behind a camera and they can just be like all right this is probably what i want to be meanwhile they have a great cinematographer that's just like all right this is how we're going to do the lighting this yeah. is how we're going to do this <clears throat> so i i like that uh you have this wide berth of of artistic skills you bring in a little graphic design that's your visual component and you've also done some prose so you understand like you know the uh the structure of story and everything like that so uh i guess that brings us all together to this new film uh he who lives in hidden lakes uh tell us about the concept
0: and uh how you came up with it sure it's a mockumentary about um people who are obsessed With this uh, cryptid type creature, Um, and I've found that a lot of people don't know what that actually means. Yeah, a cryptocurrency. Yeah, Uh, it's basically like cryptocurrency creature. Yeah, Yeah. it's in Illinois. No, that's that's the (laughs) sequel. That would be terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, no, but but a cryptid is like you know like a bigfoot or like your mothman or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's about this uh, cryptid called the hidden man, and it's basically just exploring people who are really obsessed with the hidden man that's amazing
2: i i did and and i love uh the cryptid stories of, yeah. i love i love a good monster story yeah um yeah. as as we experienced last night watching the thing yeah no i love a good. i love a good <laughs> idea i love a good monster story there's something really great about it uh speaking of mothman we can maybe this is an aside but uh were you guys aware of the mothman craze that happened i want to say last summer no. no, there are no, mothmen everywhere. <laughs> there was in here, like, <laughs> no,
1: there, oh no! no. Was flying yeah, in the
0: sky. I, yeah I, I wasn't there for it, but I have researched it because I'm like I was trying to find like stuff we could put on the Facebook page. Oh you know? yeah, big time. and there was actually a mothman sighting in um, basically like uh, my. Parents' house, like next door to my parents' house, <laughs> what? but they
1: didn't
2: see it. I did but, not see the moth. Oh
0: they did not see the mothman. I love the moth. They've heard
1: oh, you were making the movie. And yeah, they, and the mothman came so. to check like, it out. <laughs> check out the came to audition. Actually, yeah.
2: Yeah. it does Here, seem like my agent. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: it does seem like there would be a lot of fertile ground with a movie like that. Obviously, for comedy and and for like horror, but. The, in my opinion i don't know it just seems like the, the the coolest part about the cryptids are like the scares were the crazy people that got paranoid along the way you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. and so i feel like you probably had a decent amount of space to be able to make a multifaceted film
0: yeah i think it is it's gonna be um my goal is to make something that uh feels uh really unique because um, i i and kind of like moving away from selling it as a comedy because there, it's, it's gonna I've always said that I want half the people in the audience to be laughing and half the people in the audience to just not know what the hell is going on <laughs> at all <laughs> so it's in my mind it's like a surrealist piece like that's okay. what it is mm-hmm. for me but there's all sorts of elements that are going into it
3: yeah something that really attracted me to the project is the the idea of like myth making and there's something about the mothman like all of us got super excited talking about it and it's like something about the fact that that's like integrated into our reality feels like extremely gripping and i think this film is an attempt to explore the process of what it looks like when a community sort of gathers around something that's kind of weird like that like the people who are like Die Hard Mothman people, right? Like, these are super cool,
1: interesting people, and this is film is sort of about those people. At a certain point, a myth becomes less about what the th- myth is actually centered around, and more about the people who are actually carrying it on, 100%. right? Hundred yeah. percent, yeah.
3: And that's like,
2: what this is, yeah. And that's and that's exciting. Um, I love I love mockumentaries. Uh, I think mockumentaries are a great place to do um, satire a great place to just and and also just do straight up comedy some very weird stuff um i'm a big fan of christopher guest i love all his best in show of course this is spinal tap yeah, yeah. which the I,
1: quintessential <laughs> mockumentary
2: probably so it, really, it really is because you have all these musicians who said when they saw spinal tap they didn't laugh they cried because they were just like
0: <laughs> it was too real yeah they're like no yeah. this is exactly it Aww. christopher guest
2: just hit the nail on the head so uh, in terms of inspiration were, were there any uh films or or directors or things that you saw that you're like this is what i would kind of want to shoot for and give your own twist on
0: yeah i i don't don't think um there are any specific films that really um i mean there are There are of course like filmmakers i admire and films that like really come into my work but um when i think about this idea there's not really anything that i'm uh referencing uh Mm -hmm. consciously i guess um but you know i love like lynch like herzog uh is actually like a huge Mm -hmm. influence on this i love the holy mountain it's just (laughs) such a crazy movie i don't think it's like a perfect movie but But it is it's like but it is <laughs> <I'm just saying. laughs> yeah. to, it, tom doesn't give a shit but we'll leave it at that i guess but it, but, it
2: is, but it is uh it's daring
0: yeah it's daring
2: if 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 nothing else it is daring and um i think it's i think it's interesting that you mentioned herzog he's actually he's coming to town is yeah. it was it was it yesterday he
0: was well, he, yesterday he was at the music box yeah. and today he's also at facets and i am going to see him Oh, oh yes. nice. After
2: this. Cool. Yeah. Zach. I'm a huge fan of your work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, ideally I show him the trailer, uh, and then he... He invests. He invests in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Herzog runner <laughs> please hear me <laughs> i do want to ask just a little
1: bit about the you we talked already a little bit about the origin of the story but i think that when i heard that it was about a, a cryptid and that it's a mockumentary that's you know equal parts surreal and comedy the concept of a cryptid is immediately kind of funny to me because i just don't know if i believe in those things you know but i am curious like do you guys believe in uh in like in bigfoots or, or anything or
0: um I believe that there's like a metaphysical layer to reality that influences everything we do, but I don't think that there's like a Bigfoot okay. in the woods. Fair enough. I kinda <laughs> want that
2: first part on like on a t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> there's a metaphysical <laughs> layer to this reality. I love that. <laughs> well and uh speaking of the film, you, you mentioned that it has a lot to do with the Not the the cryptid itself, but the people searching and the people around it. Um, You wrote this feature, yes? Yeah. Uh, Tell me about how you handled these characters, because I feel like there's there's a fine line you can walk between... you know uh doing comedy with characters and somewhat making fun of them um and it from from you have a a a trailer on your indiegogo site which everybody should visit it's over on indiegog uh, indiegogo (laughs) Indiegoggles, Indiegoggles. put on your Indiegoggles and go (laughs) to indiegogo (laughs) yeah you can go to indiegogo right now and uh help crowdfund this this fantastic project um he who lives in hidden lakes but it seems like the characters you have here you're, you're not mean to them you're really just finding the idiosyncrasies in in people who search for these types of characters
0: yeah yeah exactly um that's exactly it and um i uh the term writing i use loosely because uh it's all improvised there's no there's really not any dialogue that the entire tar- film in the entire film like all the stuff you see in the trailer was all improvised i have very detailed outlines of like right. the beats that i want to hit on
3: it's sort of astonishing to to see the, the, the level of detail that has been integrated
2: into these scenes <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah to an improvised yeah. thing yeah, um, yeah, well great. yeah I,
0: I i want to because there are very specific things that i want to get out of these performances um but uh i hope if when you watch the trailer that uh the performances and they're all great. Uh, enhance the feeling that this is like a documentary Mm -hmm. you know people speak very naturally uh, i've found when they're when i throw them into these situations and uh, that's a big part of it Um, what remains to be seen is when we're shooting next month um, how does that translate to like these bigger main characters right because they too are very fleshed out on paper but um, like with any role you know it's going to really take on a new element uh once we're all on set mm-hmm.
2: you're gonna d- try to discover it on on screen as it were yeah um where did you collect some of these these uh actors because uh, the ability to improvise is very difficult especially when you know you have to hit marks you know we we go to see improv i mean this is the greatest improv city in the world uh yeah. you go to io you go to second city and you're seeing people you know creating their characters on stage going through plot beats but to do that on film and with multiple takes and kind of remember things about yourself while also keeping in mind this very detailed outline of where you want this film to go uh what was it like finding people who could fit that sort of mold
0: honestly it's anyone um I don't really it, it basically uh how i cast is like do you look like i envision this character to look like <laughs> and then i feel like um it's really interesting when you have a range of people with different improv skills because um to me improv is just like talking yeah you know um I'm, i don't have a whole lot of acting experiences i've acted in like a couple of short uh student films but uh, nothing improvised but uh when i work with you know the actors that I've worked with, it's been really interesting to see their takes on, you know, how they handle what I've given them. Because, I, honestly, there's there's not really been any—I haven't had to do a lot of work with the performances. Really? That's nice, yeah.
1: right? As a director, you just kind of have people going and making it up.
0: Yeah, honestly. Like, a lot of—I'm i, I I'm casting on intuition, I feel like, a lot. And I think uh, it's working. Uh, we have uh Kevin K. Gomez who uh is one of the leads and he plays um sort of the the uh premier authority on the Hidden Man. Mm-hmm. He uh runs the website who is the hidden which is live right now. You can go on whoishehidden.com. Really? No, right Anthony now. is yeah, laughing. It gets right me <laughs> I can't yeah, I, I die
3: every time I see this guy in action. Actually just the whole concept uh behind I think the world building that that sort of we've put our heads together for here and when I came to the project uh, Zach was like I want people to really wonder about the hidden man like yeah, we can get like, people to really start asking some important questions about who the hidden man is then we've done something mm-hmm. successful now uh,
2: anthony i wanted to ask you about when when you came onto the project as producer tell us a little bit about what what are some of the things you were helping take care of with this? because uh as as connor and i have talked about in the past the the title of producer is very big oh yeah, yeah. and a lot of people don't really know what that means because um he gets stuff like, oh, from executive producer J.J. Abrams. <laughs> yeah. And then you kind of wonder, like, what exactly did he do? Did he, he, he like He showed up one day and said, I don't like that and then, and then <laughs> he, heard, like that. he threw a mystery box at them. Yeah. like, What's in it? And he's like, No plot development whatsoever. That's what's in it's it. It's another cloverfield um, movie.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so what what was your role as producer? Uh to be honest, it really just feels like this hype man. <laughs> like literally he walks around with a giant clock. Dude, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, honestly, just, that's it. It's you know, I think working with Zach is, it's been so easy because of the level of detail that he brings to just, and I also just how well thought out this whole thing has been. I think maybe for me coming in, because at the time, like two and a half years of, of, of it living inside of him. Um, meant that he had a lot of material already sort of established he had like a full trailer and it just was me i'm like this would be dumb to not get involved in you know i mean so we just kept meeting consistently and it was very much just what do you need and i'm fortunate um i'm a part of a filmmaking collective here in chicago called familiar and uh it's and we have some cool resources and stuff, so mm-hmm. it was. It, I've been able to kind of help provide that end of things for production and
2: sources. In a sense, you were a little bit of a fixer, and in, in a sense, you were the Winston Wolf. Like you, problems come up, and you're like, "All right, I can get this for you. Yeah. I can, I whatever resource you need." Like, did you help with locations? Did you help with, um, you know, securing equipment? Uh, we're.
3: When it comes to the equipment, we've actually been super blessed. Eleven O Four sponsored our project uh, and has given us a, a healthy stipend to help sort of fund that sort of stuff. So that's oh, wow. incredible. Um, and when it comes to locations, I think because the project is so close to Zach and his home, you know, we're we're fortunate to to have some potential to be filming close to his.
0: Yeah, family. a lot of the stuff that's like that we are like hitting the ground running on are happening like as we're speaking right now yeah really um, oh yeah. really like right now we're talking like we're like after this you want to like look through like the insurance yeah. Uh, yeah. paperwork and stuff <laughs> like, it's like it's that stuff but really anthony has been like my like film dad <laughs> <laughs> like, well there's a lot of ways that people could take that so yeah. let's, exp- <laughs> let's unpack that a little bit okay um <laughs> yeah i don't know it's just like you, you, you i feel like it's it it's a lot to handle and i feel like you're the guy where i could be like hey this is happening let me talk at you about this and let's figure how figure out how we could do this and like all the like yeah like with familiar and stuff like that it's just like anything i need like he's the guy you Mm -hmm. know and it's been such a huge help could not have gotten this far without thanks anthony This is really nice. Yeah, wow. This is very sweet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One of the more wholesome moments of that. (laughs)
2: Um, You know, and one of the things that I really like is uh, the use of Indiegogo. And, And with any crowdfunding platform, I think it's a really interesting way to get people excited and have them feel like they're in, you know, both... Uh, monetarily and emotionally invested in a project. They can watch you guys as you build this out. And this is, you know, obviously your baby. You've been working on this for years at this point. And you guys are giving people a little bit of
1: extra things, which is really probably important when you're doing sort of this yeah.
2: grassroots
1: fund building uh, project. You've got the website going, and I'm sure that you've got other things that you're going to be rolling out at some point, right? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah, actually, this has been a really exciting kind of fun storytelling exercise where we. Decided we were going to film some uh, some material to sort of show off the world and some of the characters before the Indiegogo to sort of help raise the platform, and we raised we got like you know grew some following in the process and uh, filmed some really really funny interesting moments <laughs> with uh, with our lead Kevin. So
0: yeah, that's uh, where I was going with uh, bringing up Kevin because he's great. He you can see him performing as the character on the Facebook page right now yeah. because we have these
3: lots of bites yeah for people to see yeah yeah
0: Yeah. um yeah and we have like a bunch of them queued up to like support us through the indiegogo campaign they're just like one minute yeah like little bites uh Mm -hmm. little pieces of the world and well that's an interesting
2: way that we're approaching filmmaking now where um you have to you have to give an audience a little something something. Um, I think an interesting example. Uh, I don't know if it's a great example, but an interesting example is with uh, Detective Pikachu. Oh my god! Okay, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Here we go. Did you see it? Did no, you watch I it? Can't see I it cannot well, wait. To I am honestly no. into that movie. I am fucking psyched. And I'm about not that. even talking like wait. so. Ryan Reynolds supposedly leaked Detective Pikachu. He posted something. I can't remember where it was a Facebook or something like that. And it was like a full two hour thing. And they're like, Oh my god, did he just? post-Detective Pikachu and it's literally just a cg it's it's Detective Pikachu dancing for two hours <laughs> those and are I, animators are so yeah, like somebody animated that yeah. and, it, yeah, exactly. and uh, apparently there's a bunch of dirty outtakes of Ryan Reynolds of as, as doing, Pikachu doing, doing, as, <laughs> as, <laughs> as please as but,
1: Deadpool as Pikachu
2: more right? or less but, <laughs> but, but what what I find really fascinating about that is that that's how you build a following you know when you've got people who are on the fence about like do I really want to go see a movie about uh, a twenty year old you know property that i that maybe they have a nostalgic connection to because you know, as I'm sure most of us, I'm guessing we're all roughly around the same age. It's how I learned how to read was Pokemon yeah. 100% that's great yeah. that's great I loved Pokemon I got a, I got a fucking Game Boy in my backpack right now I got yeah, movie yeah, in there uh, but the point <laughs> being is that um, you know even I was on like uh, do I really want to go see Ryan Reynolds as fucking Pikachu like is that really but then the but end, then there did...
1: was the big voice in the back of your head and it was like yeah Tom yeah, you, you do. Know. and this you
2: little do. content kind of got me into it I was like all right I'll, I'll probably go <laughs> see this movie so they're gonna get some money out of me um, so I like this idea of being you know, this is more than just a film you can watch. There's like extra things. There's something to get you excited about it. That's not just a trailer, you know, trailers are great. I love a good trailer, but if you can give me little, Bits of something that really builds into my uh uh connection right with a property, whether that is a small indie movie or fucking detective Pikachu yeah. <laughs> yeah. and not only does it build up your anticipation for the final product,
1: you know I hate to call it that, but as as a product but it also integrates you into the world, which is one of my personally favorite things about anything like I'm a huge fantasy and science fiction fan and I, if I find a thing that I can immerse myself in, and like you said what your goal one of your goals are is to kind of make people believe that maybe this hidden man isn't just like, maybe it is like a local legend or something somewhere. So what was the, what was the purpose behind a world building exercise there?
0: Um, Well, it's, it's kind of twofold. Uh, First of it is uh, just like, I guess what I'm interested as an artist. I, if like you really dug into me and like about dug into me about cinema, I would quickly quickly like, not know what i'm talking about like i'm not like a huge like cinephile Mm -hmm. um i think uh video games you know like pokemon and like uh growing up just like being immersed in like all that shit you know has really for better or worse influenced me and a lot of it was like the rpgs and stuff like star wars you know mass effect like all that stuff where like you really like Fallout, you know you really get into the world of it so that stuff is just like kind of imprinted on me also it's like how do we cut through the noise? You know, because mm. there's so much shit—not shit, some of it shit—but like there's a lot it. of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's like going on. Not <laughs> even just in Chicago, but like everywhere. Everywhere. You know, it's yeah. so accessible to make a movie right now. We were just talking in the lobby, like this would not—what we're doing would not have been possible like 10 years ago. So yeah. everyone's everyone's doing their thing, and it's like that's great. But how do we get this thing? to like stand out stand out
3: yeah it's interesting to sort of think that like we all sort of exist in someone else's pocket like every day like we are somehow touched by someone else who like pulls this thing out of their pocket and then communicates it to communicate and it's like how exactly can you use that as a tool to to kind of cut through the noise and find a way to make it relate like Relevant to the filmmaking process, yeah. absolutely. And I think it's cool the connection you made with uh, Detective Pikachu. Not that we have the resources at all to be on <laughs> to be on that sort of level, but that's it's an interesting thing that I hadn't thought about with that as well. Mm-hmm. Where the, the, there are more and more attempts, I think, to sort of find ways to get into your pocket uh, and not just like burn a hole through it cash wise, but to actually like entertain you and make you feel like you're a part of something. And I yeah. think. That's important
2: well, and that's and that's the kind of currency of marketing. It's not dollars necessarily, it's attention right. um it's why you have so many uh different properties and everything's you know trying to get you to engage in social media. It's not just watching the trailer, it's liking the trailer, it's sharing the trailer it is uh tweeting about the trailer. the more that you, more impressions uh you can get on something the better it is for your big company and and this is just a fact of filmmaking as as a thing it has always been a struggle between art and commerce right so um Finding a way to do it genuinely like you guys have done from a grassroots perspective, I think really makes me feel positive about the the potential of social media to do good things for cinema and to get people to uh, engage in something that isn't the Avengers, you know, and, and not to discredit the Avengers. What they've done is, you know, impressive in its own right, but I always feel the 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 need to push back against those certain forces because they are so manipulative to a certain extent. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, I mean, they could, the thing is, is that they could put out literally any movie and people will go see it. Yeah. Um, even, even those DC movies, which are mostly crap, (laughs) they still made a ton of money yeah Yeah. like uh batman versus superman made a fuck ton of money Yeah, granted a bunch of it had to do with the first weekend where people don't know what they're about to see right but even on the back end you know it's still pretty successful it's still getting put out on blu-ray and 4k and stuff it's still a money maker for them as as a property so i like i said i think this is a really good way to um use the powers that be the things that are here whether it's facebook or indiegogo these platforms to uh push something a little bit more homegrown something that is more uh honest something a little bit closer to uh the the ground floor of indie cinema um as as it as it pertains to the website and and the whole myth making thing i have to bring up uh the blair witch project why that comes that comes (laughs) up a lot (laughs) i know uh well because it's you know that's everybody's kind of cultural touchstone for um (laughs) mockumentary yeah yeah, to a certain extent or to to this augmented reality of literally creating a fictional Mm -hmm. uh myth that people believed and granted that came along in a time where the internet was still young and people weren't really sure what to believe but I, i find it interesting that this is still a viable mode of storytelling and i've been reading this great book uh best movie year ever how 1999 blew up the big screen by brian raftery and they he does a whole chapter on the blair witch project and uh there's a good there's a good amount of it about indie filmmaking it's not just about how blair witch kind of like fooled a bunch of people and was a massive <laughs> hit but about how these guys literally went to a woods uh with an outline and had uh three actors just improvise and hit certain beats as they told one of i i still think one of the most terrifying tales I've ever seen committed to to film um so did you guys see the Blair Witch when you were uh younger or like did what when did you become aware of that sort of myth making?
0: yeah, so I saw it uh I've seen it once in my life uh when I was very young um and I don't Good. even remember it too well, but it definitely I haven't even thought about what the impression it left on me until we're, like, talking about it right now. Yeah. And, like, as you're explaining, it's like, yes, this is what happened, which is facts I've, you know, just knew about. But I, I, it's it's very similar to what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it it I would say it definitely. But a fun twist
2: on it. That's what I like about it is that, like, uh, you guys are doing this as a mockumentary and a sort of uh, – a sort of, not antithesis, but a sort of uh, turn on the Blair, Witch I- the Blair Witch idea, which has been bastardized a lot of times. I think Absolutely. this is m- closer to doing like a Blair Witch style thing, granted, in a slightly different genre, but. Um you know, using, uh, using myth-making and putting something together that people will question, and they'll be like, "Well, oh, wow. As you said, you want half the audience to be laughing, half the audience to be like, what the, what the fuck, fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this real? Do I know? What, who is the hidden man? Yeah. yeah. You know?
0: I, it, it fits like a... <laughs> my, my metric for, like, godly success with this movie is actually manifesting a hidden man who's real, because the, a big... <laughs> crux of this that's is the like, metaphysical layer of the reality that, yeah, that exactly talking about exactly. where you it's just unearth-
3: it. it's unearthing him more right. than
1: you know exactly <laughs> I, when you explained the premise to it i just immediately saw because i i just had a really strange uber experience on the way here and i was just like i cannot i just can't wait for when i'm driving in an uber and some guy is gonna like like we're gonna be in traffic and he's gonna look back and he's like you hear about the hidden man, bro?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man.
1: I think
2: he's real. I think that's my metric for success (laughs) with this one. Yeah. (laughs) Get an Uber driver.
0: Because the thing is, like, you watch the trailer and... The joke of it is it's just like a guy who's dressed up in a bunch of garbage. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's like the big joke. I think
3: we've been describing him as a mythical trash man who's sort of uh, (laughs) become
2: the the, the focus of a suburban Illinois town.
1: Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Yeah. So um, you guys have a bit more work to do on the film. You mentioned that you're going to do some more shooting um is there a particular timeline you guys are working with in terms of uh of a release or at least completion of uh, principal principal photography
0: yeah so um our shoot is scheduled for 10 days next month and then um that's like the main uh three storylines mm-hmm. and then outside of that there's like little pickup scenes like just like one-off day player scenes um that we're gonna be shooting uh probably throughout the summer and then um i'll be cutting it uh unless we can get money from the indiegogo to hire someone to cut it (laughs) uh and then after that you know do the see how we do on the whole film festival thing and then um yeah just just trying to sell it yeah. yeah i
2: mean that's that's always the thing that's is the end game right yeah. yeah the avengers end game god damn it, <laughs> I, n- I hate that word they took now. that term away They, did. Know, they, loved, they really did. took it from us we can never disney we can never say end game again without people being like avengers oh, yeah, <laughs> like, you
1: mean like uh You're like iron man <laughs>
2: god damn it i don't know if i'm gonna keep this in the episode but uh have you wait do you care about avengers give a shit about it really no all right mm. iron man dies everybody yeah. he's dead yeah. he's <laughs> a there you and, go and let's be real nobody gives a shit <laughs>
1: no nobody Makes cares no difference. <laughs> and not and especially not robert Downey jr he can't <laughs> fucking wait he could on. not wait he's done with it um we'll cut that probably <laughs> Keep it. More. In. Dude, release that as a trailer for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man dies, everybody. <laughs> Iron Man dies, everybody. Oh, that right. would be so. That, talk about manipulative.
2: Yeah. Zach, Zach and uh, Anthony, why don't you uh, tell us where we can follow uh, the film, where we can follow you guys and keep up to date with everything?
0: Yeah. Uh, so follow the film on Facebook and Instagram as Who is the Hidden Man? All one word. And then we have a severely neglected Twitter account, which is Oracle underscore Joe. You can follow me on Instagram uh, on uh, Zach, Z-A-C-H, period, Lona, L-O-N-A. My whole thing there is doing avant-garde selfies. Nice. Um, They're experimental selfies. Cool. Please (laughs) like them. We need that. (laughs) Please,
2: please,
3: please like them. them. (laughs) We can do that. What about you, Anthony? Yeah, I'll uh, speak on my collective. You can actually follow us on Facebook, uh, Familiar Collective. Um, We actually do monthly headshots for actors, try to meet some people in the community. It's been a great way for us to connect. Um, Next one's coming up uh, May 24th, uh, so we're currently booking people. Um, And you can contact us actually at our Instagram too, which is at Familiar Collective.
2: F- at familiar collective yeah fantastic all right thank you so much zach anthony appreciate you guys coming in on a on a rainy saturday yeah. uh you know i i do have to mention here zach a is Zach is dress to the, the man, though yeah it's a good day for the hidden man <laughs> but, that drear the yeah. the minute i walked in though i'm in my kill bill yeah hoodie I'm wearing i felt literally like, all black and then zach is here looking sharp yeah, as
1: hell walked into the building just immediately outclassed yeah, so,
0: yeah. <laughs> i i See, I do this. I, I do Fancy Friday at my day job, and I'm the only guy who does that. And I'll just, I'll just throw on the suit and tie if I'm feeling, you know. The,
1: there you go. Yeah. It's, I mean, my, you've got it. Why not wear
0: it? My grandmother, uh, her word of advice was, when you feel your worst, dress your best. There
2: yeah. you go. And that's it. <laughs> we'll take it, take it. We'll,
0: we'll take You're doing okay. <laughs>
2: All right. Thanks again, guys. Uh, this has been No Co Cinema here on WGM Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I am Tom Hush. And I'm Connor Cornelius. We will see you all next time.